0: are from Wisconsin right I am from Wisconsin a eh?
1: okay perfect uh yeah. um surprisingly good ghost stories
0: all right uh, that so is
1: a surprise it really I've listened to this podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> we always talk about
2: California or Oregon and they suck I we know I, I in fact grew out a minor 49er beard just for this show <laughs>
1: is this why you came after me with
2: a pickaxe earlier <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: um, uh, everybody good to go do we need bathrooms or anything
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go.
0: Yeah. No, okay. I'm wearing my astronaut diaper. We're good.
2: you be for
1: Perfect. All right. Speaking of things that belong in the toilet, you are listening to Boo Ha Ha, a sometimes bi-monthly, more often than not, quarterly podcast. <laughs> we're coming back. We're getting back into the quarantine swing of things uh, that is ostensibly about ghosts, but more often than not about tangents and increasingly dead presidents. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of, we're covering a lot of ground here. Uh, every week or two or four-ish, I gather my nearest and dearest to a campfire that I build in the Clinton Street Theater, <laughs> <laughs> safely and responsibly, <laughs> uh, and regale them with spooky tales of phantasms and will-o'-the-wisps. Uh,
2: no, I'm not doing that.
1: Make the noise. <laughs> Good. Success. <laughs> Uh, and this week, month, quarter is a very special episode. I am joined by two thirds of VHS Vengeance. We have Michael Garcia, hello, and Aaron Wagner, hello. Uh, Michael, you are the you are one of like the the twin binary sons around which this podcast <laughs> orbits. Uh, but Aaron, this is your first time, so welcome. Uh, we Thanks hope, for having me.
0: We hope that it will be spooky. Me too. We make no promises,
1: and that has not been the case in the past. <laughs>
0: the outside world is so scary, I'm not sure if I can be spooked, but we'll find out.
2: Yeah, we're we're, we're embracing ghosts for, for comfort at this point in our lives. <laughs>
0: Boy, I sure wish this place was haunted. <laughs> yeah.
2: well, I really hope there is an afterlife because I'm ready to get out of this. <laughs> at, at a certain
1: point when, like, Stories about a college student getting stabbed in the face and then, like you know, hidden in a drainage ditch, are nice and refreshing, <laughs> and just a wonderful change of pace from the looming fires. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be tons of fun, and hopefully, it will be spooky, but in a different way. Um, so, before we get started with all of these spooky tales that I have brought. Um, do a little bit of an intro and get some of your background on the spooper natural. Uh Michael, you've been, you've been here before, so we'll, we'll come back to you in a moment. But Aaron, yes. what are your feelings on Boogans and Guga's?
0: I, I like them. I find it interesting. I don't believe in them remotely.
1: So, skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, let's say skeptic. I, I'm probably a nihilist, but you know. I will admit there might be a 0.1% chance that I'm wrong about it. Okay. So
1: so I guess we could we could probably lump you into the category that is like 80 to 90% of guests, which is hopeful skeptic.
0: It would be amazing if it was true. Yeah. It really would be. It'd be a far more interesting world
1: wouldn't it just (laughs) Um, so okay so short of you know an actual apparition rising up through the boards here it's probably going to take quite a bit to convince you that any of this bullshit is is spooky and true
0: yeah that'd be fair okay fair
1: enough good it's it's nice to know like the baseline but i
0: love horror films and, and everything that goes with them and you know for half my life i well, probably not half. I just neglected how old I am. But for the first 10 years of my life, I really <laughs> thought they did exist. So I, I do understand people's fear or going into a building and thinking, oh, this could be haunted. Because yeah. I, I really did think that for a spell.
1: It's that, that the, kind of the first decade. I, I, I feel like I'm, the, I'm in the same boat. And, you know, Michael, I, I believe it wouldn't be selling you short to say that the same is true for you. Very much so.
2: Yeah, you're yeah. a get hopeful skeptic. Um. The, uh, the, the hope is fading.
0: <laughs> the glass is half full. We just don't know of what. <laughs> it's, it's
2: ectoplasm. We're hoping that that yes. is
0: ectoplasm. <laughs>
1: it's half full, but it's also getting cloudier <laughs> by the day. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that you know, I know that for me, I'm deeply skeptical, and you know, I would love nothing more than to be proven wrong. But the thing that kind of keeps me going is just that. Memory of like childhood terror, like you know, walking around in the basement, or you know, like being out in the woods, and just that, the the fear of the darkness and the not knowing.
2: There was a time when I was like five or six, where I would legitimately try to turn off the light switch while diving across the room to hit (laughs) my bed before that light turned off. It it was it was a Calvin and Hobbes comic come to life, basically. (laughs) So the day that the clapper came out. (laughs) It was liberating. I I still have some crazy analog light controls in my house to this day. I am a fan of the clapper. I am on board. Just pictured you walking up the like five-foot-long ramp to your bed. (laughs) Now, if it could just engage all the locks on the house and turn the floodlights on outside, I would have felt fantastic. Turns
1: on a holy water sprinkler. It's great. Um, So, okay, yeah hopeful skepticism. We'll see if uh, if any of us are convinced by the end of this, but eh, it's, it's a high bar. As I do every week, I have pulled together some spooky tales from your neck of the woods, uh, which is? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Just the whole state or anywhere
0: specific? Uh, the, the, the whole state. Just okay. rand, random. No, uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, that is pretty much it. Okay,
1: cool. Uh, I was saying before, uh, we're used to really shitty Oregon ghost stories on Boo so... This is a lovely change of pace.
0: Wisconsin had to up the game after Dahmer and Gacy and everybody.
1: There's a lot of like true horror there, but I also feel like something happens when you have like thousands of people eating cheese with no external stimulation.
0: (laughs) Hey, the Packers count. The Packers count. Go pack. And fuck the Vikings. I don't know what that is. It doesn't matter. That makes me feel better.
1: (laughs) <laughs> you heard them, listeners. So, yeah, this it's nice to get some some fun Midwest ghosts. They are inevitably oh, yeah. more upsetting and disturbing than the things we have out west, and which would be your neck of the woods.
2: Yeah, I, I'm uh, from Auburn, California, which is the uh, gold country of the Sierras, the foothills above Sacramento. Boy, howdy. Yeah. Hence the minor 49erness. Yeah, hence all those terrible, terrible ghost stories.
1: It's uh, Oregon has has like lumberjack stories, and Northern California has minor stories, and they both (laughs) suck every dick in the book. (laughs) Like it is, it's rough.
2: Like how spooky can gold be? (laughs) (laughs) It was shiny. Well, someone was by my stake again.
1: But inevitably the punchline is like, well, old old Jimmy the prospector, well he got he done got murdered for his claim and then it turns out that it was fool's gold.
0: And you're like, "Oh, the real horror is not having the money <laughs> that's an yeah. American horror story,
2: <laughs> and just wait for the call back in about forty minutes, everybody, because that's exactly where this story is going in a capitalist society, every treat is a trick <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, with that let's let's jump into these spooky tales. Um, Aaron, I believe as the newcomer to the podcast, we're going to jump you in first all right uh, I'm going to give you a list of things from around the wonderful state. Of Wisconsin, we have the kobold Toy
0: Maker. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> Genuinely curious.
1: Then we have the Knocker, <laughs> uh, which, which I guess is just about one boob, <laughs> one very large boob. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but it's very cold. It is Wisconsin.
3: <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, it's. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so it's
1: it's it's yeah, it's got goosebumps and it's covered in uh like fine cheese curds. <laughs> um then we have Shooting the Ghost. All right. Bear Walker. Get, spell bear. <laughs> it's also about a boob. <laughs> um it is in fact B E A R. Um then we have Cursed. <laughs> You, you know that it's going to be good if it's just one word and an exclamation point. That's, that's been my experience. Um, and finally, we have Helene and the Lugaru. Which, yes. for context's sake, is a French werewolf. A
0: French werewolf.
1: Which I suppose would be
0: an ooh wolf. Let's go with the single one. How about cursed? <laughs> cursed! That's how it feels this year. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: I'm too close to home
2: theme <laughs>
0: um, but the french werewolf that's pretty solid too
1: the f- we we like i will be choosing one from both of your lists later and i feel like helene and le lugeur is uh, is probably going to be tons of fun just because i'll get to say that a bunch repeatedly um, <laughs> yeah. which i feel like if you say it like hard and fast enough you'd probably clear your throat too <laughs> <laughs> and summon a french werewolf <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Depardieu just appears.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where is my green card?
1: Oh, he's peeing in the drink cart of an airplane. <laughs> Remember that a few years back, he got kicked off an Air France flight for pissing in the drinks cart. <laughs>
0: yes, I'm very proud of him. You got to stay relevant.
1: <laughs> so it's interesting. It's interesting to note that a number of these stories have a lot of, like, French accents and affectations in them. I was not aware that Wisconsin had...
0: There was a lot of French. They settled the state. Huh. They were terrible. That sounds right. They uh, There was something called Spirit Rock, and the Native Americans believed it was spiritual. And to prove that their god was a chump and the French god was better, they destroyed the rock and said, see, nothing happened to you. Your god isn't real. Which is some specious-ass reasoning.
1: You know, and I say this as... Uh, and a very kind of white Anglo-American. We uh, we don't have a monopoly on horrors, but that's rough. That's, uh, that's pretty shitty.
0: It's pretty dickish. <laughs> they took their lake Spirit Lake and renamed it Devil Lake. <laughs> so, you know.
1: Your god isn't real, but French werewolves are.
0: Yeah, damn it.
1: We took the uh, Spirit Lake and we filled it with uh, werewolves and baguettes. <laughs> uh, so I, I bring it up because this one, it's got some... French terms, kind of lazily peppered through it. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just debating how much of an accent I should use for this one. Um, I'll, I'll let it come and go. It'll, it'll weave in and out. Like Spanglish, but yes. French, <laughs> Fringlish. I'll be reading it in Esperanto. Um, <laughs> Solid. <laughs> uh,
2: a William Shatner accent.
1: <laughs>
3: but I put a a All
0: right, cursed. <laughs>
2: From Green
1: Bay,
0: if that's. That near. is very near where they destroyed that rock.
2: <laughs>
0: I really hope the story is about that rock. Go pack. Okay, if it is,
1: we all have to go home and kill ourselves tonight. Okay, <laughs> I don't know fair. Why.
0: I already have it planned out.
3: We all do.
1: Look, you signed the suicide pact contract that comes along with this podcast, so you're in.
0: And it's possible we become ghosts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Ooh, stars of the show. It's, it's going to be a real martyr's situation. We're all full circle. <laughs> the story, mon ami, begins and ends with a curse. We, oui, a curse. <laughs> the hero of our story is the great voyageur, Rene Robert Cavalier. Monsieur de (laughs) La Salle, who was born in Rouen, France in 1643. Mm. Um, As a young lad, La Salle joined the church, wishing to devote himself to Le Bon Seigneur, which I think means the good lord, Um, or it's like a local chain of restaurants or something. But La Salle, but La Salle, already he was cursed with the Wanderlust, which is a German word. All right, why not? Uh, That would drive him all of his days. Unable to settle into a life of good works and piety, he quit the church and made his way to his brother's home in New France, hoping to be the first to find the Northwest Route to China. So is Wisconsin New France? (laughs) Does it also contain a route to China? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a tunnel, you know.
0: I started digging it when I was like eight. I think they're still working on it.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I really like that both New France and the, <laughs> the new path to China didn't pan out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're 0 for 2. Um, <clears throat> the new world sparked a fire within LaSalle. He settled onto one of the seigneuries, a plot of land granted to him by His, magic, uh, his, <laughs> his Majesty King Louis Sixteenth and cultivated the friendship of the Iroquois who lived nearby. Soon he could speak the language fluently. Eagerly, LaSalle questioned them regarding the waterways in this new world. They spoke to him of a mighty river to the west, those we call the Ohio and the Mississippi. The wanderlust burned within him when he heard of the great waters, for he believed that they would take him through the wide lands to the Pacific, and from there to the Orient." It's a lot of. They're laying, like, putting down a lot of runway here. Uh, a <laughs> For brilliant. a man who's
2: never going to leave the state,
1: <laughs> like, he must have been at least twenty by that point. So he's got probably what ten years ahead of him. Dep- <laughs> yeah, depending and he's on when this. Is. Ten miles out of town. <laughs> I scratched my finger on a, on a nail, and I am dying now. <laughs> um, the tetanus has me. <laughs> After six years, LaSalle amassed enough money to build a grand sailing vessel in Cayuga Creek, which I'm assuming is bigger than the name
0: implies. It's a, it's a creek. <laughs> it was a very small boat and he was a very small man.
2: You, you said a grand sailing vessel? I wonder I'm picturing either a paddle boat or like a model ship. I'm <laughs> picturing an older brother folding a piece of paper together and waxing it.
1: It's it's Mr. Burns with the spruce moose, the model <laughs> telling Smithers to hop in. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so he he built the grand sailing vessel vessel in Cayuga Creek, which flows into the Niagara River befo- below the Mighty Falls. can't see this ending? Well, uh, Le Griffin was the ship, she was sixty feet long and weighed forty five tons. That is a huge ship for a creek. We are like a page and a half in, and we are still talking about boats and backstory. <laughs> Le Griffin was the largest ship to grace the waters of the Great Lakes at that time, and with her, LaSalle planned to explore the Great Lakes, seeking, always seeking, the route to China.
3: <laughs>
1: just Imagine bumping into that guy. I'm
2: looking for a route to China, you know. Is it on the other side of this eerie lake? No, no, sir, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: I guess we don't have a we don't have a year on this, so like I guess if it's like seventeen hundreds or something, it makes sense. But it, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it could be like nineteen fifty. Even right? late,
2: it, what, what? When was the uh, the terror frozen in the Northwest Passage uh, up uh, above? That was late eighteen hundreds, yeah. right? Yeah. So he might have legitimately been thinking mm. he was going to cut through Canada and go That's, through the
1: North Passage, so, go right up. I'm hoping that this is. In the past, and it's not like, you know, like 1972 or
2: something. It's like, I'll
0: get there. Just some drunk lost in his (laughs) Beewick.
2: Well, the rocket in his farmland didn't launch, so he had to figure out a new route out of town. (laughs) I have this inflatable raft.
1: I call it the Griffin. (laughs) So the Griffin was the largest ship to grace the waters of the Great Lakes at the time, and with her, LaSalle planned to explore the Great Lakes, blah, 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 blah. Unbeknownst to the Grand Voyageur, his ship did not meet with the approval of one Meteomech. A prophet of the Iroquois people. I see this potentially getting
0: problematic. <laughs> no, that's a good history of the Native Americans. Seems it's right. Work out.
1: Seems fine. Uh Metier-Mack saw Le Griffin as an offense against the Great Spirit.
0: Which fair. Yeah. The, yeah. We've already laid the groundwork for that.
1: I've seen boats, they're ugly.
0: <laughs> I've given better context than the story.
2: The, well, so far, the story you told is still scarier than this. Well, well <laughs> at, at this point, I think the whole world's uh, aware of what the you know the uh, Pacific Princess dumps into the ocean after any route, and he might have just been seeing the damage to come.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's like, it's it's not going to end
2: well. Tear running down his face. <sighs> Poor Italian prophet. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: He claimed that the size and grandeur of such a ship, previously unknown in those parts, made a mockery of the natural world and turns men's, turned men's hearts away from the true path set out by the Great Spirit at the beginning of time. Again, not wrong. It seems right. So he put a curse on the griffin, the most powerful of the curses, that came in two parts. First, the prophet stated that the once mighty ship would become a shadow, traveling across the waters forever, unable to return to her home port. In the second part of the curse, he commanded the spirits of all those who sailed on her to share the same fate. There was no sign that such a terrible curse lay upon the ship the day the explorers set forth to sail the Great Lakes. The weather was fair as LaSalle and his men traveled across Lac Erie. They spelled lake as LAC, so I feel like I have to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> lake Erie, Lac Huron, and Lake Michigan. <laughs> landing finally in Green Bay. There, the crew members set to work amassing beaver pelts, for LaSalle owed much money to his creditors.
0: (laughs) That's relatable.
1: Maybe it's from building your big fucking ship, buddy. (laughs) Um, Once the hold was full, all but six members of the crew left with LaSalle to explore the St. Joseph River, seeking the mighty Mississippi River, of which they had heard many tales. The six men who remained with the ship were instructed to take the cargo back to Niagara, uh, discharge LaSalle's debts, and return to Green Bay with enough lumber to build a second ship to be used in LaSalle's explorations of the Mississippi.
0: There's well, plenty of wood in Wisconsin. <laughs> it's, it's all trees to this very day. Isn't this... this is why he's broke. And this they, is why Wisconsin will be
1: burning next week. I did not tell him to stop cutting down the tree, so uh, he's <laughs> clear-cutting it all. That's, she set sail for Niagara under the command of her new pilot, Luke the Dane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love his first album. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrific. So if, uh, it's, yeah, it's I hired it's, him to bump off a couple of guys <laughs> last week. <laughs>
1: I I am picturing not a danish man so much as I am picturing just a guy with a great danes face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like that Daft Punk video? Yeah. All right. Like that Dick Tracy comic strip? <laughs> now it's starting to come together. <laughs> the dog man and he's sailing, all right.
1: You you know it's a good scary story when you've had to invent something scarier just based on an offhand mention of someone. <laughs> um <clears throat> Uh, so it set sail, uh, but the ship disappeared. Some say that she was caught in a storm and, sh- and sank to the bottom of Lake Michigan. Others, including LaSalle himself, believe that the crew mutinied, stole the rich cargo of fur pelts, and scuttled the ship. Whatever the true story may have been, Le Griffin was gone, and no one ever found the wrecked ship or her crew ever again. I really hope that that's not the end of this story. And then
2: Billy Joel wrote the lyrics to Down Easter Alexa.
1: This is a Warren Zevon song, wasn't it? It's really like... I will also say, if this ends abruptly with like, and then they saw the ship on the lake one time, we'll call it a mulligan and I'll give you another choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so <laughs> the loss of Le Griffin did not deter the mighty La Salle for long. And in 1682, he led an exposition of 40 men down the Mississippi River to its basin, which he claimed for New France and named Le Louisien or Louisiana. So it's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> that <the> Louisiana
3: exists? Shout <laughs>
1: <laughs> out to the South? Mike really hates gumbo, <laughs> um, is the
2: thing. And <laughs> humidity, and well, not to, not to break away from
1: any of your audience, but the South. I feel like all of our listeners are like north of the Mason-Dixon line, so it's, it's probably fine.
0: What did the South ever do to us? Oh. I have some thoughts. Mm. So uh, in
1: 1684, LaSalle bought four ships and 300 colonists, or brought four ships and 300 colonists with him from France to the New World. The expedition soon went awry. One ship was lost to pirates. (laughs) Another went aground when LaSalle missed the mouth of the Mississippi.
0: (laughs) It's huge. It's fucking huge. I've seen it. (laughs) It's over here
2: that's fine we we accidentally hit Florida sorry we were backing up if
0: he can navigate that fucker through a creek he can (laughs) enter the mouth of the Mississippi that's all I'm saying
2: I was texting (laughs) it's a mile wide I was texting (laughs) I was thinking about
1: beignets (laughs) Um, so pirates got one he crashed one into the bank of a river um (laughs) But he landed his colonists at Matagora Bay on the Texas coast. There, the colonists built Fort St. Louis or St. Louis, depending. So, it's his fault. (laughs) Yeah, fuck this guy. (laughs) Um, LaSalle set off to try to establish their exact location. He did not locate the
2: Mississippi on his first trip. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) interestingly, he found China.
1: Just, oh,
3: cut, me. just, just,
1: <laughs> cut back to him being like, "Is this still Louisiana?" <laughs> Is, uh, <laughs> 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 Jesus, <laughs> Louisiana? <laughs>
2: he's, he's
0: back in, he's,
3: he's back in
1: France at this point. Like, no, I'm trying to get to Missouri. Is this?
0: I should have picked the <laughs> werewolf.
1: This I think
2: this is a lot of fun. Oh no, it's fun.
1: Yeah. This I'm this is a this is a good start. It is like about to end, so I feel like you know, worst case scenario, we probably burned like ten minutes. So I will just give you. Oh, regardless, I'll give you another. It's choice. pretty much
0: just a scary we're, we're, we've story. Got another hour and a half. So. Yeah. If you appreciate good navigation, <laughs> this is terrifying.
1: If if you yeah if if you appreciate good like seamanship, then this is. Should
0: have just topped and asked for directions
1: i am i'm imagining like you know how lewis and clark like they kept like they would camp out in some like the reason like we have like dismal niche and cape disappointment and stuff they would camp out in these horrible places and be stuck there for like months and months and then finally like some helpful natives would come over and be like you know if you go like literally 10 feet that way there's like a nice <laughs> little cave and you won't be in the wind and the rain and, and uh, i'm imagining that just a series of Incredibly poor choices,
0: and and I guarantee you it's like Michigan sunk it. I mean, it, it, there's more shipwrecks there than <clears> like damn near anywhere else.
1: What's the uh, what's the Gordon Lightfoot? Uh, yeah, Lake,
0: yeah, that's yeah. the song I was trying to think of that I had to cut to Billy Joel
2: because I couldn't remember. It's like and
0: I was thinking Warren Zevon, the
2: Dorian something or other, the, Dor- Ella, Fitzger- or Edmund Fitzger- <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald or Fitzgerald, Ella Fitzgerald, Ella Fitzgerald doesn't give up her dad. <laughs> And every year the families gather to celebrate and remember. (laughs) So at this
1: point, things are going real bad for LaSalle. Uh, (laughs) But he's about to get elected for a second term in office. Please, (laughs) God. Oh, Jesus. Sorry to bring it down. Um, So despite having crashed a ship on its banks, he did not locate the Mississippi on his first trip.
2: (laughs) Where the fuck am I?
1: <laughs> <laughs> was it left? Should I have gone left? Uh, port. And on his second journey eastward, his disenchanted followers oh. mutinied, and La Salle was slain by Pierre de Duhout on March 19th, 1687. And so the wanderlust that drew Le Voyageur and his life eventually drew him to his death. But what of the second part of Meteomech's curse? <gasps> they say oh, i guess we're we're fading back into the into the french accent now <clears throat> they say mon ami that le griffon still sails the great lakes a ghost ship who will never reach her destination manned by that fateful crew who first sailed with her their souls slipping one by one back to her phantom decks after death and so La Salle sails aboard his ship forever and like the Great Lakes captains voyaging through Green Bay and the waters of Northern Lake Michigan sometimes still see Le Griffon struggling against the stormy waves.
2: No, they don't. They
1: don't. End of story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It sounds like the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner to me, but you oh, know no, it sounds like
2: the the, the the first segment of Danzig's Verotica to me. It, it's, <laughs> it it is it is like um it is like the
1: rhyme of the ancient mariner, only in that it also seems like S. E. Schlosser was interrupted in the home stretch and just came back and was like, I don't know, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> um the opium had worn off by that point and and she just kind of lost the plot i can't Um,
2: wait to hear iron maiden's rendition
1: i think it's only fair to call that one a mulligan (laughs) and apologize to you (laughs) from the depths of my heart that this was uh this was included in a book that purports to call itself spooky so
2: Aaron, uh, eventually those apologies are really kind of worthless (laughs)
0: I have gathered as much. The it, fire's going great, though, so that's oh, nice. It,
2: yeah. it's, we're, it's still contained? Keep an eye on it. Um. <laughs> throw, we have a camera on it just for that reason. It's live footage.
1: <laughs> if, if you pull the camera back, there's like 10 guys on each side with fire
0: extinguishers. <laughs> we're throwing Vader's body on it later.
1: <laughs> uh, um, all right, so... In the in the tradition of this podcast, we will give it a quick rating just so that it can be added to the the annals. And of. what's the scale? The scale is is whatever you choose. We usually go with, um, you know,
0: x some things out of uh, out of five. Um, I like five. That's fair. Yep. Two and a half because at least it was so bad it was funny, which is what VHS. <laughs> Vengeance makes a living out of. It. That's a lie. We don't make a living, but it, but but we made a show out of it. There it is.
1: Fake it till you make it. Uh, yeah, I think I'm also. I'm gonna go with like two two out of five scuttled ships on the bank of the
2: Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, staying uh, right there with you guys. It's getting two saggy two soggy baguettes for me. That's. You don't want to. You want to avoid the saggy baguettes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I found it
0: funnier because of local references. It was a little, a little funnier for me. But
1: it's. I. I would imagine that's probably like a. That's a razor thin profit margin. For, for, <laughs> <laughs> like you're slightly I, ahead. I
2: recognize St. Louis.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. I re, I remember hearing the word ami, <laughs> which I know means friend. Oh. So I had nice. a little something for me too. Let's give you a different story.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. You want that list again? Uh, just do the French werewolf. Uh, who are we kidding here? Hélène
1: and le Lugaru.
0: We'll keep the French theme going, but toss in a werewolf. <laughs> You're going to make me do this. Who can't find the mouth of the Mississippi.
1: It says here the werewolf crashed Three ships. <laughs> That is the, uh, like, looking through the book, that is the secondary theme. It's all French things and then wolves.
0: That is, uh, to be honest, two, yeah, that's two very big parts of uh, Wisconsin.
1: It's like, write what you know, you know? When you have French people and wolves and literally nothing else. Uh, What else are you going to write about? They have Kringles.
2: Well, if you're Stephen King yourself.
1: That guy who hit you with his car once. (laughs) Hélène and the Lugaru. Etienne spent much of his early life roaming the Great Lakes as a voyageur. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> Damn it. If he crashes into that <laughs> it's, ghost it's ship. It's happening again. Um, you want
1: me, to, want me to give you that list again? Sure. <laughs> All right. So we have the
0: kobold toy maker. Let's do that. that that's a okay. toy maker. It can't possibly be a toy maker on a ship. <laughs> he <laughs>
2: makes toy ships. <laughs>
1: You know, it would cape. be fucked up as the whole story is like, the kobold toy maker made enchanted dolls, and here's a story about an en- enchanted doll named LaSalle that he made. <laughs> <laughs> no! Full circle. Um, all right, let's give the kobold toy maker a, t- a try. So I guess now we have an additional like caveat to put on, like, no stories about miners, no stories about lumberjacks, and no stories about fucking voyageurs. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, it's getting smoky in here. Oh, this one is about Germans. Oh! (laughs) 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 All right. The Kobold Toymaker. I was eight years old when I left Köln (laughs) Uh, in what is present-day Germany to come to Wisconsin.
2: Oh, they had the wanderlust.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got on a boat with a guy named LaSalle. (laughs) Um... Uh, My father, he came from a noble family and was expected to follow in his father's footsteps. But his father was stern and cruel, and they could never agree. After one particularly fierce argument with his parents, he sold everything we had, packed up the family, and left on the first boat he could find for America. We had kinfolk in Wisconsin. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) The ocean journey took more than a month. I was seasick at first and homesick for my pretty house and my dolls.
0: Action figures, but, I mean, you know.
1: How <laughs> oh, I missed my pretty little dolls. Um, I'm picturing Werner Herzog. Is that just me? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. All right. let's, dolls. let's well, <laughs> He loves his little dolls and the existential terror that they provide. <laughs> <laughs> We were no longer a noble family, my father told me. We were Americans now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, reality creeps in again.
1: And with that, he turned on Fox
3: News.
1: (laughs) But my three brothers and I soon made friends with the other children on board, and when the weather was fair, we would laugh and play together. I didn't like the stormy days in the hold of the ship, with everyone packed together like sardines in a tin. Some of the children got sick. Mama kept us away from the sick ones, (laughs) fearing we would become ill as well. But my five-year-old brother got measles. He was the only one of us who had not had them before we left Germany. He died on that voyage, as did 12 other children.
2: We then ate like sardines packed in a tin.
1: First we put a little bit of mustard and a little bit of sauerkraut on them, and then it was a real party. (laughs) (laughs) My father knew precisely what to do when we got to New York. For his cousin... And Bury her- his son? <laughs> <laughs> first things first, strip all the bones. Um,
0: and use them for stew.
1: The, the Germans are an eminently
2: practical people. <laughs> Nothing is wasted.
1: It's, it's uh, like the old saying, the Germans, they use every part of the sun. <laughs> Now buy this soap I made. <laughs> yeah, they didn't say what they were escaping
2: from. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's getting smoky in here. <laughs>
1: Look out. Um, the cousin of my father met us in Milwaukee and took us to his farm in Sheboygan County.
0: <laughs> oh, Sheboygan, eh? It's nice up there, you know. Those people got some real money. They're kind of ding ding pour down in Milwaukee. I don't know
2: what he's saying. This
1: this is like hearing a Dutch person talk. It's like, it sounds like English, but I understand nothing. (laughs) Uh,
2: I I just feel like I'm in a marsh in Scotland right now. (laughs) I have no idea what you're saying. (laughs)
1: Um, The money my father had made selling our possessions was enough to buy us land, and we stayed with our cousins while the other German men in our settlement erected a small farmhouse and a barn for us. We loved our new home. We lived in the city all our lives, and so life on a farm was very new and very wonderful to us. Bullshit. Have you ever been to a farm as a person from a city?
0: Yeah, I loved it. What's wrong with you? Don't you like to touch cows? (coughs) Did that come out wrong? (laughs) Milk cows.
1: It's still bad. Milk. It's worse in conjunction with the previous sentence. Especially the way you're just
0: hitting milk. And the no. fact that I didn't use my hands. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> Just picturing Aaron latched onto the bottom of a cow like a remora.
2: <laughs> Just dragging along as it walks across the pasture.
3: <laughs>
2: <clears throat> <clears throat>
3: <laughs> Just milk everywhere.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> So we had little left for luxuries that we'd left behind. Little left to replace the luxuries we'd left behind. But we took delight in the two cows
0: and... (laughs) We've been through
1: this. (laughs) I guess it's a Wisconsin thing. (laughs) Long
0: winters. (laughs) The many days
1: we spent latched onto the bottoms of the cows. We took delight in the two cows and the hens given to us by our cousin... And we explored the woods surrounding our wheat field when the chores were done.
2: And then we explored the cows.
1: (laughs) We learned to milk (laughs) and gather eggs. Um, Mama, who had never worked a day in her life, now learned to churn butter and cook and make a garden. Oh, she's loving her new life. This is the best thing ever. I love it so much. I hate Wisconsin. (laughs) Her soft white hands grew calloused and hard. Oh, yeah, they did. Become uncomfortable for those poor cows. (laughs) But she was still the same sweet mama, and she never complained of her loss of status or of the labor she now endured for the sake of our father's dream. At this point, I'm going to call it and say that in two pages, mom is killing dad.
3: That's
2: with the churner sounds doable
1: (laughs) the kobold toy maker in the
2: title is just a misdirect like it's going to be
1: a (laughs) savage tale of
2: i had had forgotten we were even going there i thought this had had something to do with the history of cheese making
1: (laughs) the haunted udder and milk pail we settled down for the long cold winter and with much help from our cousins we really knew so little about living off the land that first year we should have died Luckily, only half of us did. So from what I'm hearing, it's this is a story about a family being a burden to their cousins. Mama announced in early, early November that there would be no presents this year for St. Nicholas Day. Every penny had gone into buying coal and flour and other supplies for the long Wisconsin winter.
2: And this is where coal in your stockings comes from. <laughs> not
1: going to waste the coal on the children we have to burn this to live
2: burn the children first
1: <laughs> but she would prepare a big dinner for us to eat and be merry with and perhaps father would earn enough next year for us to exchange gifts
0: probably not unlikely no
1: probably not like i i can't imagine that that is the case like i just imagining the mom be like maybe next year and then just cut to like a skull rotting in a field what? Of the many shocks my brothers and I had received during the year of uh, transition to a new life, this was the worst. We had always had elaborate celebrations for St. Nicholas Day back at home, with parades and feasts and visits from Der Belznickel. <laughs> I don't know what that is.
0: Yeah, and I know what St. Nick's is, and I have no damn clue <laughs> what that is. The Belznickel sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's like Krampus, kind of. <laughs>
1: It says visits from der Belznickel to make sure we had been good children all year.
2: So maybe it is like yeah. some sort of a Krampus. One that would spank you if you hadn't been good or something like that?
1: In Germany, Christmas is also a little bit kinky. Maybe
2: spank dad because <laughs> he's been dad.
1: Uh, on the night of December 5th, we would put our shoes by the front door, and in the morning, our shoes would be filled up with, with nuts and oranges. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, now let's just turn to get good. <laughs> German Christmas sucks. <laughs> oh, I found
2: an orange in my shoe. <laughs> and for some reason, it's in a sausage
1: casing. <laughs> no scurvy for me this year. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> so Mama put on a brave face for us when she talked about St. Nicholas Day. But we knew, my brothers and I, that she, had, she was ashamed to be so poor and that she had nothing to give her children. Not even a few pennies left over for store-bought candy. This story's a fucking bummer. (laughs) It's grim. (laughs) Is this what Wisconsin is like? Yeah, it's fair. (laughs) If anything, we're sugarcoating it.
0: (laughs) Well, they can't afford sugar. sugar. (laughs) I don't know if
1: you've been paying attention to the story. I had grown out of the last of my pretty clothes from my old life, and they had been packed away at the bottom of my little trunk. "'but I dug out a pretty white linen frock "'and a thick velvet one "'and took them up to the garret "'with my little scissors and my sewing kit "'to try to come up with something creative "'to make for my family. "'I made an effigy of der Belznickel. (laughs) Um, "'As I sat staring at my pretty fabrics, "'I heard a small tap-tap-tap sound "'coming from the far corner. "'I looked around, "'and there was a tiny little man.' (laughs) in a close-fitting brown jacket with a cap. We called them a Zipfelkappen.
2: Which translates to Jeff Sessions?
1: (laughs) The direct translation is Keebler-Elf, but close enough. So he wore a tiny little Zipfelkappen on top of his head. There was a tassel on the end, and his little nose above his long white beard was shiny and red at the tip.
0: There's the alcoholism. Now it's a Wisconsin story.
1: This tiny, drunk, dog-penis-nosed gnome was here. Um, He sat on a small stool, tap-tap-tapping away at a long leather object he held in his
2: hands. (laughs) I don't like Germany. (laughs) This all tracks. I watched a lot of bad 70s VHS tapes. (laughs) Is his name Elsa?
1: You know, Crispus in Germany, the the small gnome with the penis nose shows up and spanks you with leather rods.
2: (laughs) It's tradition.
1: (laughs) Then he puts an orange in your shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess in hindsight might be a euphemism. Um, He sat tap-tap-tapping away at a long leather object that he held in his hands. It looked like a new shoe, just the right size for Frederick, my eldest brother. The shoes he brought from our old home were too small now and had holes in them. I stared at the little man with my mouth hanging open in surprise. It was a kobold toy maker. One of St. Nicholas's helpers. Is this just a story about elves? Christmas elves? Yet terrifying. (laughs) He looked just like Will Ferrell. You mind your manners, little girl. He said gruffly when he noticed my staring. If you're going to share this garret with me... Garret? I think they mean... rot. Like the, the,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's time for your father to pay. Shape up or I'll shank you.
1: I assume they mean garret like like attic, like little, little uh, up top area in the home, I think. Let's go with that. It
0: sounds good. Sure.
1: Yeah. If we're going to share this garret, then do so quietly. I have much work to do here before the feast.
2: Well, then why don't you start paying some goddamn
1: uh, rent? Yeah, there's this tiny little man living in the attic, rent-free, tap, tap, tapping away at his shoes. He's got money for booze. I nodded. Nope.
2: one. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Fuck you.
1: I nodded, unable to speak, and turned back to my sewing. <laughs> Maybe it's, is it that thing where, like, you have a hallucination and you're like, well, let's just ignore this. Well, we have to
2: take into account she hasn't eaten in months.
1: I thought I was in the attic having another one of my hungry dreams. (laughs) I decided to make little handkerchiefs for my brothers and father, fashioned from the two small white linen dress, and a pretty collar for my mother, made of the blue velvet. I set to work, staying near the window to make the most of the winter sunlight. On the other side of the garret, the tap-tap-tapping changed and i glanced over and saw that the toy maker was carving something from a slab of wood which i I guess was like a structural element in the home and he's just he's taking it apart or
2: i'm I'm just waiting for the tap 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 to become chop 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 or stab stab stab
1: (laughs) give it time when the light faded i went downstairs to help mama with supper i didn't mention the kobold
2: (laughs) seems fine classic horror movie mistake
1: there's a man who lives in the attic it's probably okay when klaus and i were done doing the dishes i told him what i'd seen in the garret his eyes popped out in amazement which is the right response
2: (laughs) maybe mention it to mom too
1: she cocked her gun (laughs) (laughs) um his eyes popped out in amazement and when the last dish was dried we crept upstairs and peeked inside from the far corner there came a tap tap tapping sound and we saw the little kobold working by the light of a tiny candle.
3: "'Nosy children will get coal in their shoes, (laughs) and nose in their neck, (laughs) teeth in their eyes,'
1: (laughs) (laughs) he said without turning his head from his task. Giggling in amazement, we scurried away. (laughs) Father and Mama looked up from their reading as we settled down in the study uh, near the warm stove. They smiled at our bright faces and listened to us recite our lessons. It was three days till St. Nicholas Day, and suddenly I couldn't wait. The prospect of being murdered by a small man in the attic seemed more pleasant than what we had had planned previously.
2: Anything to change the drudgery.
1: (laughs) Even bad news is some news. After Mom and I had finished making breads and puddings and pies for the St. Nicholas feast, and after our parents had gone to bed on December 5th, my brothers and I gathered up all our shoes and put them by the front door, hoping for delicious nuts and oranges. (laughs) it's that thing like old timey holidays where it's like oh we went and they gave us you know a handkerchief and oh boy it was the best day of the year
2: (laughs) i (laughs) treasured it for years
1: can you imagine if you showed that kid a (laughs) butterfinger like you would die on the spot just pure joy (laughs) so We laid out our presents, telling each other over and over not to peek, and then hurried off to bed. Klaus and I exchanged excited grins as we parted for the night. The next morning, father was the first one up. His exclamation of surprise woke everyone in the house, and we all hurried into the front room with wild excitement. There lay mother's body, flayed. (laughs) (laughs) Surrounded by little gnome footprints. (laughs) (laughs) There were father's work boots, filled with dried fruit and nuts. (laughs) Um, Definitely a gift from the kobold. And beside the boots were several gifts, including my handkerchief, a carved bear for Frederick, and a strange contraption that was for cleaning boots for Klaus.
2: Was it a brush?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Two brushes, I guess. (laughs) Um. We looked at it with our knotted hair and wondered what it could be. And a new leather harness for the horses, which could have only come from the kobold. Father stared and stared at the new leather harness.
2: Then he looked over at Mom.
1: (laughs) It's a witch bridle, and I'm going to ride you to town in it. (laughs) For new listeners, a witch bridle is an enchanted bridle that when you put it in somebody's mouth, they turn into a horse, and then you can ride them to a satanic witch party.
0: Pony play, all right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much, it's the pony play of, the, uh, of colonial America. <laughs> um, he looked at the leather saddle, which he had needed so badly, for he had only been able to afford a worn-out second-hand harness when we had arrived. Mother's shoes were also filled with good things to eat. <laughs> <laughs> uh. A nice hearty beef stew. A schnitzel
0: jammed in there.
1: Just five bratwurst lined up in the end.
0: <laughs> just keep pulling like a clown's scarf. It just keeps coming. The
1: problem with normal nuts that do not come in a shoe is that they do not smell enough like feet. <laughs> Damn it! All right. <coughs> really
2: embracing the cheese.
1: Uh. Uh, So, next to the boys' shoes were the handkerchiefs and some strange-looking toys they'd invented for themselves. The kobold had left Frederick the new shoes, and Klaus, a beautifully carved and painted wooden train with wheels that really moved. And beside my shoes was a handkerchief box carved by Frederick and a device for storing thread made by Klaus. There's a lot of weird little devices that don't seem to do very much here. The place where my shoes stood looked very bare compared to the rest. Then we heard a thump, thump, thump as heavy footsteps came down the stairs from the garret. The kobold came into the front room carrying a huge dollhouse with fancy turrets and many windows, and little shingles on the roof.
0: Gun turrets? <laughs> <laughs> That's infinitely cooler.
2: <laughs> the kobold comes down and kills Dozer. <laughs>
1: I picture it because, like, at this point, dad doesn't know about the so I'm just whe- picturing him just wheeling <laughs> around, just like na- axe to the neck, like, just really scat man cruthers him. <laughs> 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 um.
2: <clears throat> See, Doc, you have the shining too.
0: <laughs> the shining, Michael. <laughs> Don't want to get sued. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just don't use it between three and five. That's Willie's time. Everyone stared at him in shock and horror as he trudged over and laid the dollhouse at my feet. For a good matron on St. Nicholas Day, he said to me. Then he nodded to my parents, winked at my brother, and wandered away.
2: Okay. So So they're married now, right? (laughs)
1: I'll be back in a decade for your firstborn. (laughs) Better start learning to spin hay into gold now. (laughs) My parents exclaimed in surprise and delight, and everyone clustered around, admiring their gifts, until Father shooed us off to do our chores, and Mama went to cook our feast. It was the best St. Nicholas Day we'd ever had. In later years, we became prosperous, and the gifts we exchanged were store-bought,
0: Seems like a bummer. Were they machines? Is that the horror part of this?
2: (laughs) We bought
1: increasingly complex devices, things to make breakfast and stab visitors.
2: (laughs) And so many bridles. So many bridles.
1: (laughs) We never received kobold gifts again. Just that one special year when we had nothing to give each other but love and the things we could make with our own hands.
2: And mushrooms. We ate lots of mushrooms.
1: That would explain a lot. Is that that's it? End of story. <laughs> 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 um, Woo! Right. I can mean, it, it was be.
0: nightmarish to think of surviving another Wisconsin winter, but that's about as scared as I got.
1: <laughs> I half expected on that Christmas morning, Dad to come down and like see the leather bridle and be like, <gasps> "More things to sell at the store." Quit <laughs> <That's
2: laughs> <Like, laughs> to uh, ye old pawn shop.
1: As more and more just gets sunk into this ridiculous dream of his. All right. Well, that <laughs> was a story, and it was not scary. Yeah. So... No, it was not. I, 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 I'm, bad luck, man. I'm sorry. That's we, all right. We really One tried. One of these
0: stories, maybe, maybe a creepy minor <laughs> leads somewhere. Maybe, because
2: that last story sounded like a Rankin-Bass Christmas animation from 1968. <laughs>
0: It, it was a happy ending. Yeah. So.
1: I had expected at the very least, like, okay. I would just like to reiterate that the first word in the title of this book is spooky. So at the very least, make it be that, like, everybody else got presents, but, like, the protagonist was, like, carried off to hell or something. Like, You know who she,
2: didn't get a present? The brother. Oh. Yeah. You know, the one they ate on the ship.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah why didn't the kobold, like, bring the little brother back to life?
0: Where's <laughs> pet cemetery? cemetery. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> we went out back and buried him in the Vendigo hole, and uh, yeah, he came back. But, you know, sometimes dead is better, I guess.
2: He's <laughs> <laughs> over there churning <laughs> butter with zombie hands. <laughs> <laughs> Just still latched onto the bottom of a
0: cow. (laughs) Suck the milk out, spit it into the churn. (laughs) Suck it out, spit it in.
2: You know, I had no idea how cheese was made before now, and I am not on board.
1: You siphon milk out of a cow like gas out of a car.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's how the poor neighbors get their
0: food. Just... Be sure you can tell the difference between an utter and. <laughs> that must take one time, never again. It's
1: a bad day for everyone involved. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Still got milk. <laughs>
0: that's a Good night. That's
1: an ad from the milk board that I want no part of. <laughs> still got milk. <laughs> got utter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Locally sourced? Is that the...
1: So um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to rank that one pretty low. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give that one uh, one terrifying little man living in your attic <laughs> <laughs> out of out of five potentially terrifying men living in your attic.
0: Um, I I can't even give it a rating. No, that just wasn't scary. I mean, the first one was at least frustrating because he was a shitty captain. This one, it was just like, okay, so it's just some fucking German Christmas story.
1: So we've got we've got zero. It is like it's 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 touch and go with these. Like you know, sometimes sometimes you get like you get ones that are like boring but kind of funny. And then other times it's like there was one about like oh you know the the, the sausage factory. And halfway through it just pivoted into like a horrifying tale of a guy gruesomely murdering his wife and shoving her into a sausage grinder. And then like like three pages of like and then the ghost appeared, like her her fractured, shattered teeth were pressed through her ground up sausagey lips. And like I'm like, this is a book for children. Like this is truly horrifying.
0: What was with that fucking German Christmas tale, there was nothing terrifying.
1: What could be scarier than the idea of not getting? Old? We got everything
0: we wanted. It was terrifying. <laughs> like,
3: wow.
1: Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I guess that could be that could be kind of German. Like we got everything that we wanted, but not what we deserved. <laughs> Third times the charm, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, this one's gonna be not scary, the way so. it usually works. <laughs> Lucky number thrid. Huh? So for this one, we are changing gears. We are we are heading over to Spoopy California. Uh, the spoopiest. And uh, I'm gonna give you some choices here. We have milk bottles.
2: Uh, I think we've had enough of the milk.
1: <laughs> the
2: serpent. Ooh, put a pin in the serpent. The village. Didn't like it. The Ghost Ship. <laughs> don't like that one either. Is this a series of <laughs> shitty 90s movies? His Wife and Her Lover.
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to your health. What <laughs> <laughs> could be terrifying? What could be more
2: terrifying than a delightful little salutation? Okay, so I'm going to pick The Serpent, or Serpent, and I'm sure it's going to be about a little man making shoes. <laughs>
1: There was a snake, but he was close to a small man making shoes. So, while this is technically a story about a serpent, it is also a story about a small man and his shoes.
2: One of these days, these stories are going to circle around to rattlesnake dick. This
1: one, one's of, got a chance.
2: one of these days, this story is going to kill
1: us all. <laughs> we might be retreading some territory here. Because mm, this new. is the serpent. From Lake Tahoe. <laughs> <God> damn it.
3: <laughs> all right.
2: <laughs> for, for any uh, audience members who don't know me, that is where I spent 20 horrible,
1: long, boring
2: years. Uh,
1: that hopefully this, this story will be more engaging than all of those. <laughs> it won't. <coughs> <laughs> we'll never make it. <laughs> um.
2: Turn back. <laughs> Uh,
1: well, now, after the war, I settled myself down on the west shore of Lake Tahoe. <laughs> I built a cabin, bought me a hunting rifle, and got the pick of the litter from a neighbor's setter dog. Figured I would retire and spend my days hunting and fishing. Me and Jake, my setter, wasn't the last story we did about a guy named Jake? What, so, well, hi. Jake's camels? Oh, that's right, those were, one, Jake's setter. This is this on the last episode that Mike was on. We talked about Jake and his camels and that giant mechanical spider from Wild Wild West.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is Jake spider. the dog.
1: Yes, this is this is Jake the dog from Adventure Time. That's okay. <laughs>
0: Excellent. And this guy's name is Finn.
1: <clears throat> My dog was real stretchy, um, <laughs> oh, and no, no. and kind of sounded like a robot.
0: <laughs> Pervert.
1: I Thought he kind of sounded <laughs> like it. Bender, but. <laughs> Zing! My dog wanted his own casino with blackjack and hookers. Um,
0: <laughs> Classic Nevada tale. <laughs>
1: uh, it really—it's very appropriate. <laughs> um, My dog
2: shot a man in Reno. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were on the lamb, so we went to Lake Tahoe on the California side. The West
2: Shore, which is on the California side.
1: There we go. Yeah. Over the last year of this podcast, I have learned so much about Lake Tahoe geography <laughs> from you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, My Sally, may she rest in peace, was a bit of a chatterbox.
2: And that's why she has to rest in peace.
1: I cherish the silence now.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fun when there's a more interesting story in the margins. Um,
2: <laughs> like the pirates. What the hell? I wanted to know about the pirates that took out that one ship earlier. <laughs> uh
1: I've had enough conversation to last me a couple of lifetimes. <laughs> Jake didn't say much, being a dog and all, but we managed quite well together. Makes a better wife. <laughs> you can sit and roll over and you don't ever tell me to do my laundry. And you're a real stretchy dog. <laughs> <laughs> my dog, that Luke the Dane from the last story. <laughs> Um, um, I didn't have any near neighbors So the only socializing I got was when I went into town I'd been in my new home For a few months when I heard a few folks In the local grocery store talking about The serpent Now serpent is an old fashioned Sort of a word Go on (laughs) Most people here about Call the slithery critters Snakes Snakes is in quotation marks By the way, (laughs) (laughs) I was intrigued and did some eavesdropping to find out what they were talking about. And after hearing only a few sentences, I hurried away, made my purchases, and left the store. As soon as I was out of earshot, I bent double, laughing until I cried. They were talking about a sea serpent.
2: (laughs) Oh, I got nothing.
1: A sea serpent in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, did they call it Tessie? It'd, I mean, it'd be a lake serpent. That, not to be Mr. nittery Pickery, but, you know, you know just saying.
2: <clears throat> did they cr- did they build the largest boat on the lake and try to find their way to China? <speaks> Jack Cousteau came to plumb the depths. So. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Never going to do that again.
1: No, <clears throat> uh I bent double laughing Jake bounced around and barked excitedly He probably wanted to be in on the joke
2: He always gets excited when I bent over
0: (laughs) Oh no Oh so the dog wasn't stretchy? (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming to light
2: now (laughs) More expandy when you think about it
1: (laughs) I kept chuckling to myself. These old-timers sure did have good imaginations. (laughs) The summer passed and autumn blazed across the lake country. The days and nights were chilly indeed, but that didn't stop Jake and me from hunting and fishing every chance we got. One day, I set out to hunt for grouse. I had spotted some near one of the creeks that fed into the lake. and As I combed through the brush, I heard a loud crashing sound coming from the mouth of a nearby canyon.
0: D.B. Cooper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a guy in sunglasses with two giant duffel bags full of money. <laughs> just
0: fell out of the sky. <laughs> N-
1: nearby we it.
2: Lake Tahoe Canyon? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh man. It, it is a basin, but go on.
1: <laughs> a canyon could be just like a, a small hole in the Valley. Maybe like, v- yeah, yeah, it's, you know, there's it's a. The whole
2: it's the hole they're digging to China. <laughs>
1: Uh. suddenly a flock of quail burst forth flying right past my face nearly blinding me with their feathers and their claws Um.
2: (laughs) the famous dangerous quail of Lake Tahoe
1: (laughs) I got maimed by a quail (laughs) It's it's a real birdemic situation there followed then more rabbits than I could count the bunnies were hopping past just about as fast as I'd ever seen, rushing by me without taking any notice of my hunting dog or my gun. Jake and I were so startled by the strange migration that he stood stock still and just watched. You know it's fucked up when you've startled a dog. Into, like, non-motion.
2: I like how he mentioned the bunnies paid no heed to his gun. Was he firing at them, or does he expect them to just know it by vision?
1: I was standing there firing my semi-automatic weapon into the sky continuously, as I often do when I hunt, and the bunnies just didn't care. It was weird. It's weird. sport. Yeah. <laughs> the rabbits were soon joined by a pack of coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always thought that coyotes ate rabbits, but these fellows were too busy running to bother. <laughs> um... I take back what I said earlier. I guess this is more of like a Noah's Ark situation.
3: So it's,
1: <laughs> I was becoming uncomfortable with the scene before me. Coyotes and rabbits mixing. I didn't like it.
2: Next uh, thing you know, they'll give them the vote.
1: <laughs> it would be a more fun California if, if local wildlife could vote. It would be a a
2: fantastic Narnia situation. There'd just be a golden bear as the (laughs) the king of the whole state.
1: (laughs) It's legal for coyotes to hunt us. It's weird, but you know. And we're all ruled by four British children. (laughs) They got it on the ballot. I don't know, man. (laughs) Run. Run. I was becoming uncomfortable with the scene before me. These animals were frightened. You could feel the fear coming off of them in waves. A herd of deer joined the (laughs) throng. It wasn't fear. It was a cloud of lice. (laughs) We all had scabies. The deer were stumbling over the rapids (laughs) in determination to exit the canyon.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think dizziness is one of the first signs of Lyme disease. We just picture... Red gore
1: seeping through white fur. Just (laughs) just, Just squishing with each step. (laughs) Like when you put shoes on a dog and they kind of do that, like just that, but with bunny gore. (laughs) Then came the bears. (laughs) Passing by so close that I could have reached out and touched them if I dared.
3: Uh, (laughs) Vote for me for governor. (laughs) I am the king of California. Put me on the flag. (laughs) Uh,
1: I could have reached out to touch them if I had dared, but from the look in their dark eyes, the very last thing I wanted to do was get between them and their destination.
2: So, So what kind of animal needs to go running by before he realizes he
1: needs to be running? Whatever kind of animal it is, it's the kind that marches two by two. Hurrah, hurrah.
0: They're running from a fire, I'm guessing, but...
1: Based on the world that we live in, there's probably a fire or an earthquake.
0: We literally could step outside right now and see these animals running by the Clinton Street. That's the world Uh. we live in.
1: Just bears upright, yeah. Um, My arms were covered in goosebumps, which was strange because I was sweating fiercely. It occurred to me that a thing that even bears feared was surely something I did not want to meet. Almost without conscious volition, my feet carried me to the nearest spruce tree, and I found myself climbing up as high as I could go.
0: Because fire can't climb trees. That's true. That is true. Um, And neither can Jake, the poor dog. I was about to say. Or snakes, (laughs) so he's totally safe. Excuse me, serpents.
1: I'm not sure if that last point bears out.
0: (laughs) I said it with authority. (laughs) Checkmate.
1: Uh, Must be true. It's fine. All right. Snakes can't climb trees. Um, Dogs can't look up. True. Yep. I found myself climbing as high as I could go. The thickness of the branches covered my hiding spot, and I watched as the last of the strange migration petered out, leaving an eerie quiet behind. And Jake was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Trampled by deer, (laughs) lying in a pile of bunny effluvia. Suddenly, it was quiet. No chirping birds, no rustle of small animals in the underbrush. There was only the cool touch of the wind in the silence. And then I heard it. The scraping sound of something very large sliding. Or should I say slithering. Over rocks and stone. Tree roots and other debris littering the floor of the canyon. Scrape. Swish. (laughs) Slurp. (laughs) Swish is not a scary noise. I'm just going to put that out there for alliterative purposes an ancient terror filled me <laughs> which fair like if you've ever looked into the eyes of a snake like you on a biological level you're like nemesis i could feel my hair stand on end and my clothes were soaked in sweat my arms were shaking so hard i could barely cling to the tree <laughs> the sound grew near and i saw a wide flat head with pitiless dark eyes appear at the mouth of the canyon. It was a serpent. But. Around here, we would call it a snake. The largest I'd ever seen. Thicker than a sequoia. It's a tremor. <laughs> it's a graboid. Yeah, it's a graboid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm kind of getting into this now. I'm safe on this rock. <laughs> well, what, let's pull Vault along. Wider than a sequoia and longer than a house.
2: That's, it's a chode of a
1: snake. <laughs> it's a Yeah, it's a, it's a real, like, uh, crushed Coke can of a snake. <laughs> like ranch tile home, I think, is
0: what they're saying.
1: A townhouse of a beast. <laughs> um, <clears throat> surely you could also just stick with longer than a sequoia as well. It was mostly black with some dull orange markings along its side. I held my breath as it slowly slithered out of the canyon. It stopped for just a moment and raised its wide head. The cold black eyes looked this way and that, searching for something. I hoped it wasn't me. No, it's Jake. (laughs) Having already eaten my dog. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) It's implied. Um, My body had frozen in terror. (laughs) I didn't make a sound. Then the head lowered again and the serpent undulated onward down the creek, heading toward the lake. Um unless you think that this is too spooky,
3: <laughs> it's uh,
2: Just a never like ending
1: say. short story. I'll throw this up on the video now, but it is the derpiest looking snake. Cautiously, very cautiously, I turned and watched it slither along, passing right out over small saplings and dislodging very large rocks as it passed. A foolish quail that had not fled with its companions erupted suddenly from a bush. And with a lazy snap of its giant mouth, the serpent swallowed it right out of the air. Then it slid into the lake and began swimming toward the far end. I watched its graceful movements through the water until it had submerged. It didn't come down from a tree, or I didn't come down from the tree for a very long time. It was more than an hour later when I heard a familiar whine from the foot of the tree. Jake sat beneath me and wagged his tail apologetically. Sorry, I didn't save you, bud. This abuse. Yeah, what? This abusive relationship. Sorry, you didn't carry me up the tree with you, asshole. My mind came back from whatever faraway place the fear had taken me, and slowly I let go of the tree, and slid down to join my dog. Jake thrust his nose into my hand. (laughs) I'm glad it was his nose. Me too. (sighs) For his comfort as well as my own, I cleared my throat a couple of times and said. Well then, Jake, what do you think about moving somewhere a little bit less hazardous to our health? And then we freeze-framed, and the Chip's theme music started playing. (laughs) Um, Jake whined again, which I took as an agreement. And within a week, I had sold my cabin, and Jake and I went to live near the coast. Near another body of water. (laughs) Bandage man. (laughs) Uh, Apart from the occasional sea lion that tried to take up residence on my fishing boat, we lived a happy and peaceful life, and we never went back to Lake Tahoe again.
0: Well, that's a a happy ending, right? That is a happy ending, because I'm never going back to Tahoe again. (laughs) Much
1: like you and your stretchy dog, Jake. (laughs) Uh, Great, let me use the bathroom before I move on to the next one. Do you love the Bachelor franchise?
2: Ah, the romance, the adventure, the drama. But do you also kind of hate the Bachelor franchise? Oh, yeah. The
0: sexism, the racism, the intense heteronormativity of it all. Here at Date Card, we're just two obsessed queerdos who love to dissect, talk shit, and get blocked by problematic
1: contestants.
2: Yeah, we're here for the good, the bad, and the Chad of it all. You
1: can find us on SoBlow Media, iTunes, and Spotify. Please, Please
3: accept this, Rose! rose.
1: um all right well that's that's something i'm gonna i'm gonna say that that was at least atmospherically spooky (laughs) there was a possibility of death that was something our
2: third or fourth tahoe tessie
1: story third at this point the only thing that happens in lake tahoe is a sea serpent
2: all right, uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and just give this one zero quail <laughs> because I don't believe there is any quail in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> I've been there, I've lived there. There's not even a street named after that, and every street's named after an animal from Tahoe. So
0: they don't I'm, aspire to much, apparently.
1: I'm going to give this one one out of five anthropomorphic bear gubernatorial candidates Not <laughs> <laughs> for me no I'll give it two
0: that's fair I got nothing this was <laughs> nothing to me I, like I it nothing <laughs> I have nothing good to say about it and, uh,
1: you didn't even like that there was a snake I liked
0: your story better <laughs> The crushed rabbits and I mean I could get into that but
1: you know I pictured him up in the trees like I had frozen solid of course I lost
2: control of my bowels at that point these stories
0: could be fixed up well I
2: think that was the ancient terror he was talking about (laughs) I felt that ancient rumbling down below should have boiled his (laughs) water (laughs) hey I'll have you know Tahoe has the cleanest water on the west coast
0: see he secretly loves it still Sixty feet of clarity, motherfucker.
2: It's like they always say: the pizza
1: in Tahoe is the best. It's the water. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so yeah, we didn't necessarily get any um, anything super spookery, but uh, um, all right. Then I think uh, I think for mine, uh, I am going to do the village. From beautiful Mount Shasta, California.
0: Shasta. All right.
2: M. Knight Shamaland's <laughs> the village. M. Knight McMount Shasta land. <laughs> when the mining syndicate he worked for asked him to search for gold in the Cascade Mountains, the rugged prospector had no reason to turn them down.
1: It's another mining story, motherfucker.
2: It always is. He knew his business by now. And if anyone could find the Lord Cadre Mining Company of England gold, it was him.
0: Gold again? I wanted to mine diamonds.
2: It's a, it's a mining story, but it seems to take place in like the era of the East India Company. <laughs> like this feels way back there. <laughs> well, it, it, he was trying to find his way to China. <laughs> he worked his way northward until he came to Mount Shasta. He was sitting by the fire, warming up some beans for dinner, and letting his mind wander when he noticed that something about the mountain didn't seem quite right. It was on fire. (laughs) A section of rock in the cliff facing him didn't match the surrounding formation. That was odd. He sat with his back against a boulder and studied the mountain. The more he looked, the stranger it seemed. He marked the location in his mind and then settled down to eat his dinner. He'd wander that way tomorrow. I'm going to call it now. This is
1: going to be like that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation who watches the Watchers where they're on a primitive planet watching the uh, the, the primitive proto-Vulcans from behind a hologram in a walk- rock wall.
0: Like the monsters are doing on Maple Street. Exactamundo. No. All right. Mm-hmm. I just started Star Trek The Next Generation, and I'm <gasps> getting into season two, so I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but at some point in the next couple months, I'm going to be like, ah!
1: You'll see. It, it goes
2: down smooth now that everything is hell. <laughs> Mid-morning found the prospector at the foot of a small landslide at the strange location he had noted the night before. He climbed this way and that, examining the area and growing excited.
0: Oh! (laughs) Was Was it noticeable?
2: I'm just scaling some rocks and I suddenly have a boner. (laughs) There was a tunnel here.
1: He's a minor, alone in the woods for an extended period of time, that tunnel is probably the most sexually exciting thing he's seen in months. Very vaginal.
2: <laughs> no okay. doubt about it, if he cleared away the rock, he would see the entrance.
0: Ooh. He like,
2: set to work.
0: <laughs> I've heard that before. It's like a 70s bush.
2: <laughs> As he drew close to the entrance, he felt cool air puff out between the cracks in the rock. That's, not a, that's not a good sign. <laughs> Soon he had part of the doorway clear. His hands shook with excitement as he moved the last of the rocks and gazed into the darkness of the tunnel.
1: I was joking before, but now I think that this might be what S.C. Schlosser is going for.
2: (laughs) He had discovered a cavern. Or maybe it was a lost mine, every prospector's dream. Would it yield a fortune or be a dud? Regardless, it was a mystery, and he was eager to delve in.
1: This was, I guess, written when S.E. Schloss was really hard up.
2: Or just really hard.
0: (laughs) He'd been going through a dry spell. (laughs)
2: Yes. It's been a couple months. Tunnels. Arming himself with excavation tools and his lantern, lantern, the prospector cautiously entered the tunnel, checking to make sure everything was secure. (laughs)
0: If you, <laughs> he used a <this> speculum. Right? <laughs> like
2: it looks good in there, alright. Before you enter the tunnel, you're gonna to want to wrap your tools. <laughs> if he was caught in a cave in, there'd be no one to rescue him. I can't help but read it as like an extended metaphor for like losing yourself in the moment. He was he was surprised at what <laughs> He was surprised at how well constructed the tunnel seemed. <laughs> Seven feet wide and ten feet high. (laughs) It was spacious and well-preserved. That's uh, all right. (laughs) Given the rock mass at its mouth, he expected to be digging his way inside. I got all right.
0: (laughs) Sure. I'm just going to have to leave it there.
2: (laughs) But there was very little rubber.
0: (laughs) But (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) But there was very little rubble here, and he made his way downward with ease passing the one mile mark and then two before he realized he had descended so deeply
3: <laughs>
2: at the third mile he found a cross section of gold ore eureka that's what i yell when i come to. that's
0: what they named the town after right
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they erected the statue of his o face in <laughs> the town's go, oh, eureka!
2: but the tunnel continued further downward and he was curious to see what lay below So the prospector marked the gold vein on a rough map he was constructing, calling it the G-spot, and kept going. (laughs) It's the elusive gold spot. (laughs) I'll remember this later. He found another cross section where the unknown miners had found copper. They had obviously made some good headway with this uh, particular vein. Interesting that they seemed more interested in the copper than in the gold.
1: Well, you know, you get the copper up into you get the copper cross in the in the uterus. That's a that's a great contraceptive. That's, you know, old IUDs. It's
0: true. Mhm.
2: It's all there. SE Schlosser. I'm just not saying. Not reading into this. Nope, nope, not at all. Me? Why? <laughs> Shut up. He found one cross section where the air smelled bad and he backed out quickly. <laughs> <coughs> the others he encountered seemed fresh curving away upward as they outcropped on different sections of the mountain. And still he descended. It felt surreal to him now. The flickering of the lantern light, the unnatural evenness of the tunnel walls. Maybe he was dreaming all of this. In a moment, he would wake to find himself in a bedroll by by a drowsy campfire. By his estimate, he was 2,300 feet down from the entrance when the tunnel opened out dramatically and he found himself in what looked to be an underground village. Didn't see that coming.
0: Morlocks? It could be mole people. You don't escape in the lair of the mole people. Oh.
2: Spider-Man got out. He stood on the threshold of a huge chamber with streets laid out between well-constructed rooms. The torchlight danced across the village, shaking a little because his hand was shaking. He caught the glint of worked metal here and there as he he slowly made his way downward. Who? Who could have possibly made such a place? And why? Who could possibly want to live in the heart of a volcanic mountain so far underneath the ground? Dr. No. (laughs)
1: <laughs> or a bunch of tables that were half cut through with lasers.
2: <laughs> he was
0: practicing.
2: <laughs> the Crotch goes right here. <laughs> I expect you to die. He turned randomly into the first room he encountered, and his eyes were dazzled by the gleam of copper and gold. It was a treasure chamber. The 12 by 20 foot, the 12 by 20 foot chamber was filled with small concave tablets stacked on top of one another. He placed his torch into a socket he found on the wall and then picked up a handful of the gold and copper tablets. We both made pointed eye contact as soon as Mike said, placed it in a
1: socket, but okay, go on.
2: <laughs> they were three by four inch concave plates neatly inscribed with symbols he had never seen before. Oh. Is this the story of Joseph Smith? It is. Dum,
0: <laughs> dum, 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 dum.
2: Suddenly a white salamander came around the corner. He wondered what they meant. Were the tablets some form of currency? Did they have religious significance? Eager to make more discoveries, he entered a second chamber, which was also filled with a treasure trove of small tablets. Then he found a room full of weapons.
0: All right. Weapons are good. Cool. The
2: the spears were made of tempered copper possibly from the vein he had encountered further up the tunnel.
0: Of course. Sure.
2: It'd be weird if it wasn't. He was amazed by the flexibility of the spears. He twisted and bent one back and forth until the tip of the spear was touching the base of the handle. (laughs) It's real long and bendy. (laughs) Every time it sprang back into form without a mark or a buckle takes what? a lick and keeps on stabbing <laughs> <That's... sighs> um a, 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 as often as the case there is an image that goes along with this so i'm going to show that to is you that a right stairway now tear way to heaven
1: <laughs> so that's that's oh. a
2: panel from oh the places you'll go <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it could just be on the side of a can of coffee <laughs> Pausing only to drink a little water, the prospector continued his explorations. He entered one long room and recoiled in shock, backing right out into the street to catch his breath. The room was full. Of Mormons. <laughs> and their skeletal bodies. <laughs> Huge, dead bodies. Like f- fat? Huge, dead bodies bodies. Like fat? Like big <laughs> pelvis bones. Oh, Okay, like, <laughs> kind of big. like I'm, an I'm, elephant graveyard. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm picturing a space jockey myself. They all had holes in their chests. He panted rapidly in shock, his heart thundering against his ribs so fast he thought it would leap out of his chest. Like a chestburster.
3: Indeed. Dear
2: God, it was a tomb. For a moment, he wondered if it would also be his tomb. He quickly shook off the thought. That was the wrong attitude to have if he was going to survive this adventure. Stay positive, Jimmy. When he felt more composed, he stepped again through the doorway and raised his lantern high so he could see clearly. The skeletons were carefully laid out at angles to the wall. There were so many of them, stretching into the distance. He, watched, he walked slowly down the room, gazing at each one in dread and amazement. They were giants— all of them. The tallest of them was 10 feet, and the shortest, at least 6 feet 6 inches. It's a, it's pretty big. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to him. Sure. It's impressive. I think you just stumbled across the Sacramento Kings. Their clothing and skin. <laughs> and their mountain tomb. <laughs> <laughs> their clothing and skin were long turned to dust. He walked to the very end of the chamber and then turned and walked back to the doorway, counting the skeletons. 27.
0: That's Ooh. when Kurt Cobain died.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that tall. Well, certainly certainly not afterward.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bang!
0: You really nailed it. Nice. All right.
2: Well, he really nailed it.
0: <laughs> Who
2: were these giants? Were they all that remained of the villagers? Or were they special? Honorees of some kind? Ranking officials of the underground town, perhaps? He exited the room, his heart still beating too fast. It was one thing to speculate on who had created the treasure, fashioned the weapons. It was another to come upon the remains of the giant beings themselves. He exited the room, his room (laughs) He exited the room, his heart still beating too fast. It was one thing to speculate on who had created the treasure, fashioned the weapons. It was another to come across the remains of the giant beings themselves. Yet it was this first encounter that prepared him for what he found next. He entered the next chamber and saw two magnificent figures carefully preserved. mid <laughs> They were dressed in royal robes and so artfully embalmed that they might have just been they were dressed in royal robes and so artfully embalmed that they might have just that moment been laid to rest in this chamber.
0: Like Pompeii? Uh-huh. Okay.
1: <laughs> the, at this point, they could also just be asleep. I
2: mean, that's... <clears throat> Instinctively, he bowed. For surely the these were the king and queen of the giant people who once had lived here. Goddamn bootlicker.
3: <laughs>
2: the most amazing find he made after that of the king and queen, was a chamber he dubbed the Warship Room. All right, more ships. (laughs) It was a large room with three giant crosses on the wall, though they did not resemble the crosses he had seen all his life. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. There was also a great sun worked in copper and gold with golden beams radiating from its body. Large gold and copper statues were placed in key locations about the room. The prospector, wandering in awe with his his mouth agape, counted 13 of them. The prospector had no real sense of day or time in this place. He wandered around, gazing his fill, and paused to take a drink or eat some jerky when his bodily needs overtook his awe. (laughs) Just
1: leaning up against a desiccated giant's corpse chewing on some beef jerky. (laughs)
2: Slowly starts chewing on their hand, doesn't (laughs) notice a change in flavor. Seems the same to me. (laughs) His curiosity grew and grew. Who were they? Why had they come here? Had they ever emerged into daylight? Or had they lived most of their lives underground? When he finally left the village, trudging up the tunnel to the daylight world, he felt as if it... Okay, this isn't my fault. S.E. Schlosser is also a bad writer. (laughs) When he finally left the village, trudging up the tunnel to the daylight world, he felt as if it he had been living in a dream. Those are the exact words. If it he had been living in a dream. He had also had several strokes from all of the (laughs) copper poisoning down there in the mine. (laughs) How could that place possibly be real? Well, it can't. He had several strokes. (laughs) There was no way he decided that he was sharing this find with the mining company. This place was special. He carefully replaced some of the fallen stones to obscure the entrance, and then made his way along the cliff line and down to the place he had camped the night before.
1: Nobody's going to find my dirty fuck cave.
2: <laughs> before he had entered the tunnel, anyway. He built a campfire, and then sat with his back against the same boulder as before, gazing up at the cliff face with its inconsistent formation. He reached into his pocket, and fingered the small concave plate inside. He wasn't sure what he was gonna do about that strange underground village he had found, but one thing was certain he would be back. The well,
0: end. But that's it <laughs> The end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the right. peyote trip <laughs> I mean it starts off with him a- thinking there's a face on a mountain, right?
2: <laughs>
1: Ten hours deep in the Mojave Desert when the peyote kicked in.
2: <laughs>
1: Mescaline always comes on slow.
2: <laughs> he felt as if it, he had been living in a dream.
1: Man, woman, camera, TV, person. Great. Um, <laughs> 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 Look, I'm just a minor. I didn't have micro strokes. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's an extended metaphor for sexual discovery, I guess. So uh, I guess it is time for you to judge
2: the story, Avalon.
1: I am giving that one three out of five thinly veiled references to Mormon theology. (laughs) And vaginas? Yes. (laughs) Three out of five thinly veiled references to Mormon theology or... Three and a half, really sexy
2: caves. <laughs> Is there a difference between a veil and a hood, really? <laughs>
0: okay, that's fair. Three seems fair. All
2: right, you got a vote. You got a, uh, a, a rating yourself, there, Aaron.
0: Yeah, I th- I, the three seems three very windy vaginas <laughs> seem like a fair rating for this one. <laughs> <laughs> just Don't go down the one spot. Yeah, I was, I was just down there. for that line. I think
1: that was supposed to be the butthole.
0: Oh, it, it is a very fine line.
1: There was, like, a bad wind <laughs>
0: or Oh, I'm going back. I'm finding those words. <laughs> That's why 69's the worst. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but the worst sexual position. <laughs> now, let me just jam my nose in your asshole. Like- this will be fun for both of us.
2: <laughs> he found one cross-section where the air smelled bad, and he backed out quickly.
0: Lesson learned. It's
2: good practice. Just- the others he encountered seemed fresh. Uh, curving away upwards. I think it's all there. So how much bad
1: wind do you give this story, Michael? <laughs> I I got to be honest. This was the
2: most fun I've had with any of the shows today. <laughs> this is my favorite story. <clears throat> I'm giving this guy um, four out of five expansive tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> Seven by ten. <laughs> that uh, was just the width.
1: Perfect. Uh, cool. Okay, then I think... Then before we before we wrap up and responsibly douse this campfire so that it is dead out, uh, tell me have you have you had any personal experiences that you would call supernatural or spooktacular or even you know unexplicable, inexplicable?
0: I found a popsicle in the back of my fridge when I thought they were all gone. I mean I don't know is that a miracle? Uh, How high were you? <laughs> fairly? Then yes. <laughs> I mean, to be to be honest, I really don't think I've ever had a, a supernatural experience, which w- would be part of my doubt. I mean, not even anything that's come close. I mean, I played Resident Evil in my dad's basement when I was 15, and that scared the shit out of me. Um, so that was close.
1: That's fairly spookifying. I would I would say.
0: Yeah, I. I, I I, I I don't know.
1: That's a bummer. I've always uh, I've I'm I'm in the same. I'm envious,
0: to be honest. Yeah,
1: I'm and I'm in the same boat where it's like you know there have been times where I've had you know things little things happen. And you're like, well, this seems inexplicable. Or like I don't think I put this here earlier. Nobody else has been in the house, but it's never like you know I saw a spectral lady in lace float through, and and then she got stabbed and her head came off, and and then there was a dog that yelled <laughs> and.
0: I guess the closest. Let's to be honest. Uh, I, I was watching a bunch of like voodoo type films in the mid '90s. I was just in like a a phase, and I went to school, and I came home, and there was a weird wooden doll, clearly not manufactured like in the screen door when I got home, and it freaked me the fuck out, and then few hours later, got a logical explanation. My dad's friend had gone to, like, South America and came back with this thing and left it. But yeah. it did freak me the fuck out for a few minutes. <laughs> that may have been the few hours of my life where I thought, oh, this shit might be real.
2: And then you threw it away, and the next morning it was on your bed stand again. The problem is it, the it, chain it. fell off. <laughs> 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 oh, poor Karen Black. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: did the doll come alive and try to kill you? No. Yeah.
0: No, it just was kind of in the shape of a very splintery dildo. <laughs> so even that use was kind of out the window.
2: Like, uh, well, they should have sanded dollar. It it a dollar just say. like a wooden leg if you lost it at the knee.
1: <laughs> what was the. Remember in, in Star Trek The Next Generation, there was that thing, the horgon, that That weird fertility symbol?
2: Oh, that's quite the name for it.
1: It's, the hor- you, it's, from the, it's from the planet Riza, and you would... That's quite the name for it. You would carry around a horgon if you were interested in having jamaharone with somebody. <laughs> you lost me. Exactly what jamaharone is, we don't know.
2: But you're working on the dictionary now.
1: Uh, we'll get there. Uh, Kapla. <laughs> um, all right, well, and then, I don't know, Michael, any, any spookiness...
2: Um, well, you know, I, I've gone into it so many times on previous episodes. I think I'll just touch on the fact that, uh, as you guys know, I, I'm, I'm very much a uh, non-believer now. But as a kid, I, would, I, I trusted far, far too much. And there was that television show In Search Of that was hosted by Leonard Nimoy, who a, as a child I would watch on uh, Star Trek— and he, you know, embraced logic which made a lot of sense to me. So I didn't think Leonard Nimoy could possibly be lying <laughs> or misdirecting me. So anything that was on in search of, I watched and believed as though it was an actual documentary. <laughs> so I grew up believing in, you know, Nessie and Bigfoot and UFOs because Leonard Nimoy told me to. <laughs> <laughs> Spock can't be wrong. <laughs> And then, full circle, because I lived in Tahoe, Leonard Nimoy, in his retirement, retired to Lake Tahoe, where he wrote and recited bad poetry, and called the cops on my brother for landing his boat on his uh, private beach.
0: (laughs) That's a scary story. (laughs) Set phasers to kill. (laughs) I mean, call the cops. He just...
1: just, (laughs) Just picturing Letter D boy coming down the dock towards you, like fingers a pinching.
2: <laughs> you're just torn. Do I approach the Vulcan or do I turn back to the serpent? <laughs> so I,
1: so I grabbed this giant fighting Q-tip that I had in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, I mean, same here. No, nothing, nothing terribly spooky. Uh. But, yeah, we, we can but hope. All right. Well, then, uh, to wrap up, uh, before we before we sign off, where can people find you?
2: Uh, well, you, you can find me on uh, our show's website, fftheshow.com, and uh, uh, check out FF the Show on um, Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. And, Aaron, where can we find you?
0: In the comments section of the Oregonian arguing with bigots. <laughs> <laughs> where I spend most of my time during the, the, the COVID era.
1: That's, uh, that's fair. I, I guess that is a way to, for people to get a hold of you. You could just <laughs> drop it in there like, hey, when's your next show? Just put
0: Trump <laughs> 2020 and I'll respond.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, you could also find him on uh, Facebook slash VHS Vengeance.
0: VHS Vengeance on Facebook. And uh, there will also be some VHS Vengeance show coming for the Clinton Street. Oh, of, exciting. Because of the fundraiser that's still going on.
1: Tell me more about this fundraiser well, see, and this Clinton Street Theater
0: you yes. speak of. Yes, what are these it's things? It's like a crowdsourcing campaign, but you raise funds, which is exactly like a crowdsourcing campaign. Like a, And the Clinton Street is an amazing theater in Portland that has honestly done an amazing job of supporting the local uh, filmmakers. I've had several of my movies show here. They're just tremendous to the local community, and it's a place that we really need to be here after this is all over, because, I mean, if all the independent theaters shut, we're just stuck with megaplexes, and that's just fucking miserable. So, you know, if you care at all about art, give money to Clinton Street, so it's still here in a few months.
1: Yeah. It is a, a Portland institution, and, like, you know, some of my absolute favorite cinema going experiences have been here with I mean you I mean like we've seen yes, so many fun things we here.
2: Uh, actually watch Neil Breen films here and that that's something you don't find throughout most theaters in this country we got to have a fever dream a fever <laughs> dream that is twisted pair with like a hundred other people uh, it which, might have been the most exciting show I've seen uh, in a theater. This, <laughs> like, who
0: the hell else is going to show a Neil Breen movie, right? right? <laughs> That's why we need this theater.
1: This is—it's—it's it's so important and it's so amazing. And um, you should do whatever you can to support them because, just fucking great. Then we will be back again soon with more spooky tales of boogers and googers
2: and spooky. boring lake serpents.
0: Mostly boring lake Bad serpents. Bad na- navigation
1: christmas elves
2: dan (laughs) haggerty where is she who in the hell are you what are you a goddamn nazi or something
3: is that elf yours how many teeth you got now how many you got